0: I'm Leah Amico, and this is Win the Day with James Whitaker.
1: You're listening to Win the Day with James Whitaker. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Broadcasting from Los Angeles, California, this is the number one podcast to help you win the day every day. Here's your host, James Whitaker. Let's go. Hey, winners, and welcome back to the Win the Day podcast. If this is your first time here, we sit down with some of the world's true changemakers to give you all the tips, tools, and strategies to win the day every day. The quote for this episode comes from podcaster Joe Rogan and says, excellence in anything increases your potential in everything. Our guest, Leah Amico, is a three-time Olympic gold medalist with USA Softball, a two-time world champion, and a National Softball Hall of Fame inductee. Known for being one of the most clutch hitters of all time, Leah still holds the record for highest batting average in the Women's College World Series. She's also a college softball analyst with ESPN and Westwood One Sports, where she imparts her love and knowledge of the game with fans all over the world. Outside of softball, Leah is very busy. She's a motivational speaker with more than 20 years of experience on the national stage. In this episode, we're taking a deep dive into the pursuit of excellence and how you can increase your potential in everything that you do. We'll go through how to perform at your best in unrelenting pressure, the most fundamental characteristics for success in any field, how to understand and unleash your potential, and the key to finding balance in this crazy world we're living in. We've really been bringing out the big guns on the show lately, so if you're enjoying these episodes, make sure you hit the follow button and give the show a five-star rating. We really appreciate your support, and remember that the right bit of inspiration can completely change the trajectory of someone's life. So if there's a friend or loved one out Out there who needs to hear this episode, share it with them right now. All right, let's win the day with three time Olympic gold medalist Leah Amico. Leah, so great to see you.
0: Thanks for coming on the Win The Day Show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here with you.
1: What a journey you have been on. I mean, you and I were talking before we hit record here. uh, So many incredible things to dive into. I want to kick off with your origin story. Can you take us right back to what it was like growing up for you and and how competitive it was in your household?
0: Yeah, I was the firstborn. My dad loved sports. And so I think having this daughter who came out, but was very rambunctious. I was a tomboy. I was somebody who um, I just learned to love Competition at a young age. I ended up having a younger sister who was a year younger, and then my brother, six years younger than me. He was born, but for me, it was all about just whatever I could do. Like any sports, soccer, I was very aggressive. <laughs> I was known for. I was not afraid to run into other athletes, and you know, whatever it took to get the ball and to score a goal. Um, softball, I ended up being the pitcher, so it was all about trying to strike them out and get you know get the winning hit. So, I'm um, very athletic and and very aggressive.
1: So good. I have my uh, my daughter, the oldest of our two. Children, you know, I'm really hoping that she follows that path as well. I just I love that. I'm desperate to have a child that I can play sports with. How important was the attribute of competitiveness in all of the other things that you've pursued since then?
0: Yeah, I think that um, for me being around world-class athletes with what I did, I feel like it is. It's just inside of me that ability and desire, I guess I should say, to be the very best, no matter what I'm doing. So that looked, you know, like me in the classroom, just thinking, okay, this might be the hardest subject ever for me, and I might not have the best memory. but I'm going to work to get an A because that is the standard the gold standard what I live by Um, I want to be the best and so you know eventually going into commentating it it started with everything I did just and it really was that competitiveness one of the things I found is I'm very hard on myself I think a lot of people are but more than that I look next to me and I think I still need to be better than even if I'm not the best at what I'm doing I'm going to be better than the person next to me and that I believe has helped me
1: You mentioned the gold standard there. Can you talk a little bit more about what the gold standard means to you and how you live by that each day?
0: Yeah, the gold standard is is an acronym, and I look back at – just my experiences, my journey, and especially being a three-time Olympic gold medalist, there's four of us in the world with softball that have three Olympic gold medals. And in order for me to be in that you know, situation, I was not the fastest, the strongest, the best pitcher like these teammates I played with, but I had some core attributes. The first one, um, G stands for goals and goal setting. When I was 18 years old and we won the national championship at Arizona, I got the only hit in the championship game off the best pitcher, Lisa Fernandez. I would go on to win three gold medals with her. But as an 18-year-old, As soon as they announced softball in the Olympic Games three years later, I was like, I'm going to be on that team. I didn't know how. I didn't know what I needed to do, but I was going to be there. So setting those goals, what do you want? And then you decide how you're going to get there. O is overcoming obstacles. I truly believe this is where the mental piece comes in. You have got to have a certain mindset to achieve greatness and excellence. It has to start with wanting it, but then you got to be able to fight through the pressure, the struggle, the struggles, the trials. Um, and so I feel like with softball that prepared me because you face a lot of challenges um, to be the best. And then L is leadership piece. I think it's so crucial. Who are the people we're following? What are we learning? Are we coachable? I really believe not only did I have the best coaches in the world, more than that, I received what they had to share. And then D is dedication and drive. And to me, I think back, it was daily choice and daily habits, daily routines. And on the journey to be an Olympian, my first time I was in college, the next time I was married, the next time I was a mom, but I stuck to my daily routines in order to reach the highest goals. So that's what I live by, goals, overcoming obstacles, leadership, and dedication and drive.
1: Love that. You know, uh, about Five years ago when I had my second book come out called Think and Grow It's a Legacy, I was speaking at an event that Brandon, Brandon T. Adams Mm -hmm. was putting on. Shout out to Brandon for, for putting Leah and I in touch as well. And someone who spoke before me was talking about the power of podcasting. And I was like, wow, I've never been on a podcast before, but I set a goal of being featured on 100 podcasts in the next 12 months. I didn't know the how, as you said there, the how came later. But once you're specific on that goal, it just paves the way for so many of those other things to open up in terms of how you put the plans in place that you can focus on implementing, and then the big goal will, will ultimately achieve itself.
0: Yeah, I think that is so important because like you said, it needs to be specific if it's like, I just want to be successful. Well, that doesn't lead you anywhere. But you just said a specific goal. I want to be on this many podcasts for me. I want to be on the Olympic team. I had my son and I was like, I still want to go win another gold medal. And so what is it going to take? It's going to be harder now. And then since then, you know, when I was commentating, okay, opportunity came to me. So then my goal was, okay, I need to be the best at it. So I started listening to other people. The idea is, what? how do I get there? Mm.
1: That hunger to be super successful and be at that level is exceptionally important. Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, mm-hmm. she had mentioned to me that you need to be enormously competitive if you want to succeed in business. It sounds like that was very important for you too. How do you balance that hunger for future accomplishments with happiness in the present, you mentioned that you're a parent. You and I are both parents. It's it's very important that we have that that presence. What do you do to balance that immense hunger and competitiveness that's required to want more and more in terms of a specific goal with that calm and presence that's required in the in the short term?
0: You know, I think for me, just prioritizing like I have this goal and I'm working towards it. Okay, so I need to put the time in there. Even I think back to when I was a mom and I was competing. I wanted to be a gold medalist. But I had my daily duties and I didn't want my son to suffer because of it. So I would go in and I would put that time in that I knew was going to eventually lead to my goal. And then the rest of the time I could really just be present. I could have, okay, these are my other priorities, right? My family, I want to make sure that is taking, you know, the rightful place. And so I think that's what it is. It's more me, having a plan, you know, each day, like knowing what I'm working towards when I personally would take care of what I needed to do working towards my goal, then I felt like I had the freedom to enjoy the rest of, of what I was doing in that moment.
1: Any tips or inspiration for mothers in particular? I mean, that, that journey of, of motherhood, it's, it's very – until you, you go through it, you can't even comprehend it. And as a, as a husband who sees it, I feel like I've got a much better idea of it than I did previously, but still like the, the, the changes physically and mentally, especially for people who are working or entrepreneurial mums. Any, any tips or anything like that in terms of mothers who, uh, who want to be successful but are in that short-term um, frustration right now?
0: Yeah, I I think it's really quality over quantity. You know, I was so big in my sport on what we did. I could go take a thousand cuts, but if they're not the right cuts, it doesn't really matter. Um, And so for me, like when I am with my children, I want them to have the best of me. I don't want to be constantly be thinking about all the other things that I'm trying to do or wanting to do. So I've really learned if I'm going to an event and I'm there and I'm speaking, I'm not sitting there thinking of being back at home. But when I'm home, I'm all in and staying focused. And that's, I think, the biggest thing that I would say that really allowed me to be present, to be my very best and not to feel pulled, but to truly give my kids everything I have when I'm with them to support them as they've gotten older, especially in what they love to do, then that also brings out joy in me.
1: Win the day community. Very, very important. It reminds me of the Jim Rohn quote, wherever you are, be there. Wherever you are, be there. It's a simple thing. Exactly what you just you just mentioned there. Uh, what was that moment for you? I'm sure you didn't have that self-belief all the time. What was What was the moment for you when you realized you could do anything that you set your mind to?
0: Oh, I think as I started to see those doors being open, it was really, you know, what do I want to do next? And and what are my priorities and my goals? And what do I want my future to look like? Because I think everybody has different answers. And so success in my mind is, is different for different people. You know, some of them, it's climbing climb the highest ladder and owning their own company. For others, it's being the best mom they can be and, you know, maybe doing some stuff on the side. And so um, for me, I think just seeing really ultimately like Knowing where I wanted to go, but then the hard work and being willing to put into it could open more doors than I ever thought possible.
1: Can you let us into your own goal setting process? And how often do you define and redefine what uh, what success looks like to you personally?
0: Well, for the last 13 years, I was a homeschool mom. And so that was at the heart of a lot of what I did Um and then I, you know, I did some commentating, I did some speaking. So goals for me would be when somebody comes and they say, hey, Leah, we want you to come and speak to this type of audience. I've spoken to all different audiences. My process then at that point was, okay, what is the outcome I need? What do I need to do pr- to prepare to get there? And how much time do I need to pour into this as I prepare? It might be a month out, but what I'm, what's the process to get there? Commentating, college softball you know sometimes for that you find your team's last minute okay well and i don't do a ton of it all year long so it's like okay just my my goal at that point is okay, I need to make sure that these athletes, what is my goal? It's not for me to sound great on TV as a commentator. It is to make these athletes showcase their skills and for me to let everybody know who these softball players are. Mm-hmm. So therefore that that process then is that deep dive of how quickly can I learn? Who do I need to talk to to find more information? So it just depends on what I'm I'm going into. For me, like the three words that I go go by is prepare, persevere, perform. Preparation is everything. If I do that, then when hard times come, I can overcome that and then I'm able to perform at at the fullest.
1: Something we often talk about on this show is that how you respond to adversity when it inevitably strikes is what separates ordinary people from extraordinary achievers. Is there a particular adversity or challenge or really difficult day that you have had either personally or in your athletic career that really stands out?
0: You know, some people will go through injuries and that will really challenge them. I think for me, um, you know, it was it was really more, um, I think the biggest thing was changing positions in college. Here I had reached this top level, you know, had kind of come on the scene as a freshman. And then my second year, my coach, you know, switched positions. He moved me to the outfield. Well, here I am, you know. And again, I have this other goal. The coolest part was I had to put my head down and say, okay, I've never played this position. I need to be the best at it. Our team went on to win the national championship. I led the women's college world series in hitting that year. And I'm catching balls over the fence and I'm diving, you know, on TV. (laughs) That position is what led me to be an Olympian. So I look at something that could have mentally taken me out of, no, this isn't my strength. I think a lot of players would have been mad that they got moved to the outfield. I was a pitcher also in a first baseman. It could have been like a demotion in my mind, um, you know, and I could have just been, you know, it's not mindset-wise taken out. And so instead, it was like, how can I still be the best? And so I really believe that obstacle ended up being... Greater than I ever could have imagined, through you know, learning and growing, and then opening new doors for me.
1: I never played this position. I need to be the best in the world at it. Wow, that that just says it right there. That reframe of complexity and, and and things that you're faced with in terms of being able to unleash that elite performance, which is clearly such a hallmark of you going on to to from strength to strength to achieve all that you all that you had. Where did that attitude come from? Were there any particular books that you read or, or mentors? Where did that come from? Were you born with it? <laughs>
0: You know, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think, um, I think somewhat we're born with some of it, right? We're all kind of wired differently. And I, you know, wanted to be the best. Um, I believe it was really fostered through my parents and their belief in me. Um, I know after a bad day, especially my mom, like she would be the one that would just be there to pick me up and kind of give me that encouragement, as well as some outside voices coaching. Um, I think about, you know, to this day, my Olympic coach and my college coach is is one of the. Best leaders I and truly in the world coach Kendrea Mike Candrea, um and I just think of just his belief in me as well, like caused me to have that much more belief. So I really feel like there's a lot. And then to this day, um, I'll read a lot of books. John Gordon is a, is a you know, somebody I really enjoy um, what he writes because I can relate so much to how I've lived my life and how these principles are so true when it comes to leadership, power of positive thinking, who we surround ourselves with. So I, I think it's been a combination of all those things.
1: Any um, sentences or phrases or anything from a coach that, that stands out that might have hit you at a particularly opportune time?
0: one of the things that I love that our coach would always point out, he would say, there's two things that you can control no matter how many things are outside your control. He said, your attitude and your effort. And I, it's almost too simple for some people at times to believe how I respond to things and my attitude and approach to no matter what's happening and then how hard I'm going to work. And I'm like, that is so simple yet profound. When you work your hardest, no matter what's happening. And when you have an attitude of, I'm going to win, I'm going to win the day then it really it opens the door for greatness to happen,
1: yeah, I think you've summed up success in two words, <laughs> attitude and effort. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, from your entire career that's taken you all over the world. And if you're watching if you're listening to the podcast podcast on this one, not the video, you're missing out. We have three gold medals that Leah has sitting here in the studio with us. So make sure you check out the YouTube version of this episode. Your career has taken you all over the world. Was there a specific pinch me, I'm dreaming moment that that stands out from this stellar career you've had?
0: You know, I think playing in Athens, Greece. Mm. You know, I knew I was going to be retiring after this Olympics. I um, had two previous Olympic experiences. I was a mom; my son was three, and I could just feel I was getting older. The players coming up were faster, stronger. (laughs) I just knew. I knew this is it. This entire journey that's taken me around the entire world—it paid for me for college with a scholarship, gave me some of the you know best relationships that I could ever imagine with my teammates and my coaches. But being there and thinking of the history of where the Olympics started and just the greats that have come i mean hundreds of years before me you know and to think this is where i'm going to finish my career like it it was truly amazing we had taken pictures prior and kind of made these vision boards of the olympics and um you know had a picture of the stadium and i had my family you know on the picture on the poster um and some some little sayings and bible verses that inspired me and then to be there in that stadium And then to stand on the podium, getting the gold medal placed around my neck, knowing I was retiring, it truly was just, that was my pitch to me moment.
1: Yeah. Must have been quite emotional as well, I would imagine.
0: I I cried more than any other time on that podium um, for a lot of different reasons. It was very, very emotional. I
1: can feel it now in in your energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What an amazing experience. You were known for performing under pressure. It was almost as if you thrived on it. What was the process to develop that skill? And what can others do to make sure that they perform under pressure?
0: Yeah, I think the process for me was that that daily preparation, so my daily habits, um, and then through that, the consistency that came from it. When I would just each day get to practice, that's that's when I was becoming a champion. It wasn't on the games. It was all done behind the scenes when nobody was watching. And I feel like if people every single day will say, What are my priorities? What do I need to do? And you will consistently show up and consistently give your best because that's the other thing. It was not half hearted ever. I might have had a bad day here or there, but (laughs) generally it truly was, How do I get the best out of today? I believe then when the biggest moments happen, all the thinking was put aside. And then the rest took over of just, I was prepared to do this. (laughs) I, I was made to do this and have this moment right now. And in the biggest moments, Just, you know, it it took over.
1: Mm, You just fall to that level of training and preparation that you've had. Yep. Yeah, amazing. We have some questions now from the Win the Day community, from people all over the world. If you would like to find out what guests we have coming up next on the podcast or if you'd like to ask a question of me or any of these amazing guests who are coming up on the show, make sure you join the Win the Day group on Facebook. You'll find a link to that in the show notes. The very first question comes from Donna, who is from Australia but sent this question (laughs) through while she was on a cruise ship in Panama, which is pretty amazing. So shout out to Donna. Her question is, was this your only dream? And was it your dream or someone else's for you to achieve?
0: I think it was my dream. And I think I'm so big on that as I have three boys and as I've raised them to find out what their strengths and their passions and their desires are and to foster that. And that's what my parents did for me. As a young girl, I loved it. And eventually my goal became to get a college scholarship. And then I got to college. And then my goal was to make the Olympic team, you know, and then it was to win the gold medal. And what happened was everything around me poured into that but it was truly in my heart, my dream, my goal, and then it was uplifted by others.
1: Yeah, so much about success is just getting that little bit of momentum which gives you confidence, which helps you raise the bar of, of what's possible and you can keep going from there.
0: That's been absolutely the step-by-step. Step. Each yeah. step was a new level of confidence.
1: Yeah, which means people don't necessarily need to start with an Olympic dream to start with putting one foot in front of the other, yeah. just getting towards you know something small and, and keep going from there. Yeah. we'll be back with the show shortly if you're a business owner and have a podcast of your own we've got a free gift just for you it's called the recurring results roadmap and we've created it to give you a detailed blueprint to scaling your business using your podcast so if you're overwhelmed with a never-ending to-do list struggling to work on the business instead of in it or simply want the formula to massive business growth this is for you Click the link in the show notes and download a free copy of the Recurring Results Roadmap. It will show you exactly how you can use a podcast to maximize your business revenue. All right, let's get back into the fun. Second question comes from Sean in Sydney. Where do you think the mindset and dedication to training and the will to achieve your dream comes from? Do you think it's something you are born with or something that is created?
0: I I think Both, I think absolutely it can be improved with all of us. For me, I think it kept getting better and kept being better. The older levels I got to and the more elite levels, that's when we had sports psychologists that worked with us. We might have had certain abilities up until that point, certain talents, but then certain mindsets. But then the idea was to dig. And why do you think this way? And are you recognizing your thought process? And what is your routine? Up until then, you know, we reached a certain level, but I think that expanded our abilities. So everybody has room for growth in that area of of mental strength. Um, I think all of us need to continue to improve on that until the day we die.
1: And there is so much complacency happening in the world. I was chatting to someone about it last night. The last two and a half years with all of these different things that are going on, there is so Mm -hmm. much complacency. But as you said there, recognizing that you are able to do much better than the situation, there has to be something that you can do to move forward, to get that confidence and that momentum, it's so important. Uh, these questions that everyone has submitted, by the way, are fantastic. We have Georgia in Texas. Georgia mentioned, or Ge- Georgia asked, aside from the intense physical training, what were some of the emotional or psychological struggles that come with being a gold medalist, and how did you conquer those?
0: I, I think the hardest thing was you're playing with superstars. Mm-hmm. And so, You know, throughout the season, you have ups and downs. You have good days and bad days. You have, you know, a weekend that's a little slump, and then you got to come back from it. You know, normally you're going through that in college, but now you're on the Olympic team, and now everybody else being so great, it kind of exposes and makes you feel that much worse when you go through that that little rough slump. So I think that was the biggest thing for me is that got magnetized. And I'll never forget calling my college coach before he had become my Olympic coach in my last Olympics and just talking to him about a rough day that I was having. And he said, you know, Leah, your ability to excel at this elite level, I had already been on the team for a little while, but he was just reiterating and reminding me, he said, is going to be your ability to deal with your failures in a positive way he said how you deal with it is going to dictate everything and isn't that true in life and everything we go through it's how do i process it how do i um maybe use it and and put it in perspective which sometimes we got to step back for a second and then what can i take from it learn from it and then move forward so it was really just allowing those voices to remind me and then that's right stay mentally strong You can overcome this.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. Uh, Question from Danny in Sydney. Did you feel that you would let yourself and the team down unless you won the gold medal? Also, was there more pressure on winning the first gold medal or the third gold medal?
0: Those are great questions. (laughs) So here's the thing. When you play for Team USA, it's it's gold medal and nothing less. It is the gold standard. We don't even talk about silver. We literally do not sign autographs in a silver pen. <laughs> and So losing is not even on our mind. It's the furthest thing. So that's one thing that I would say is that I think champions, you're not even worried about that part. Okay, and so it's it's all full speed ahead. Um in terms of winning the the third one compared to the first one, I'd say probably the third one was harder. The very first one, we went in, history was being made, softball's never been the Olympic games, USA is still number 1 in the world. We end up bringing home the gold medal against China. Second Olympics, we actually lost 3 games in a row and almost went home not even competing for a medal. We came in 4th in the medal round, then we worked our way back up and we ended up beating Japan to win a gold medal there. So the world had caught up. The world was a lot better. Our motto with this new coach, my college coach in my last Olympics, was we are not going to just win, we are going to dominate. Mm-hmm. It was a new mindset, full speed ahead, full throttle. That's where I talk about we don't even talk about losing. And we went in and we scored 59, 51 runs and only gave up one run in nine games. And I would say that was harder in the sense of the world had been catching up. But now we, we kind of separated ourselves again.
1: Yeah. It's like what Conor McGregor, the UFC fighter said, we're not here to take part. We're here to take over. I mean, we're here to dominate. You don't want to just you know get out there and just give it all the, all the potential and everything that you've, you've got. It's, it's extraordinary. Uh, question from Andrea in Brisbane. How do you adapt your mindset to Olympic training? Is there a change of focus or reprioritization of goals?
0: You know, I would just say it's more zeroed in on focus. Mm -hmm. The higher level I got, I would say the smaller things we focused on, the smallest fundamentals. We're going through a drill defensively, and it's not just about making a good throw. It's making a perfect throw to the perfect spot. Because the way we trained, we said when the pressure's on and we're in the Olympic Stadium and the the crowd is so loud behind us, we need to be able to make a perfect throw to make the perfect out. I would say with hitting, it was the tiniest adjustment. So I was not happy unless I could hit 10 line shots in a row where I'm trying to hit the ball, not just I hit the ball hard today. So that's what I would say is the focus got zeroed in more and more and more to perfection, the higher levels that I got.
1: So it's progress over perfection and everything else in life. And then you're at that the pointy end at the <laughs> most elite level. you got to dial it in. Is, is that right? Like a, the dial it in as much as you can for that level of, of perfection if your goal is to dominate.
0: That's what I would say is really you are. We know we're not perfect, but we're striving for it in the Olympic arena.
1: And did that motivate you or were there some people who just that was the pressure where they couldn't deal with and that's what separated them?
0: I think all the athletes that made it to that point had consistently um, performed at the highest level on the biggest stage at our point. It was was either USA, other international tournaments or college. And those are the people who time and again came through in the biggest moments. And those are the people that made the Olympic team.
1: Yeah, to strive on that challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing. Uh, And last question from Clara in Boston. How do you retain your authenticity and identity while also being part of a team?
0: Oh, that is a great question. It's a great question. I was very proud of the Wimmedy community for this. (laughs) Very good questions. (laughs) You know, I love that question because the idea is it's team first, but it takes a bunch of individuals knowing their strengths and bringing that to the table to make the team the best. And so I think the key there for me was always to stay within my strength. I respected my teammates. I was so thankful for the gifts that they had. I got into a little bit of trouble when I was training with one of our power home run hitters and I changed my swing a little bit. And let me tell you, her balls that went over the fence translated into a pop-up to the pitcher for me. (laughs) (laughs) So I very quickly learned I cannot be her. I have got to stay within my own strengths. Just even though it doesn't look maybe as flashy as hers and what everybody's celebrating as much, do what I do well. That is to go up and battle every at-bat I consistently make contact. I hit line drives when they're needed. I come up in big moments and I had to stay focused on what I brought to the table.
1: Mm, love that. Again, if you have any questions that you want to ask on the Win the Day podcast, join the Win the Day group on Facebook. If you were sitting down, Leah, with someone who had lost, you know, as we mentioned before, there's a lot of people now who have lost their confidence. They they need mm. to get a bit of momentum. Uh, they need that spark and they have really not given any regard for their own potential. What would you do to help them get that spring back in their step if they feel like they'd lost it?
0: You know, I would just talk to them about what are those dreams that you've pushed to the side? And let's, let's talk about those first. Let's get that goal mindset up there again. And then let's talk a little bit about what, what happened along the way to cause you just to think it's not possible. Because I think a lot of people give up when it gets hard or maybe something has happened or maybe there's too much comparison. And so I think finding out and then saying, what, what do you think your purpose is here? Because I feel like when you find your purpose, I really believe I was made to to play softball. (laughs) I was given a gift by God to go out and to compete. And then I had to work at it very, very hard and eventually became one of the best because of the work I put in. And so I would just really try to get back to the why, your purpose, and then remind people, like, it doesn't have to look like anybody else. Like set out on your own journey. I think that's another another thing of just you can go achieve greatness. You can just really like find that joy in living out your purpose. And I think sometimes it's just being reminded and encouraged because again, I look back at my parents and my coaches and they were part of that journey for me of making that possible.
1: Set out on your own journey. I mean, that that um What's see, the, the quote, comparison is the thief of joy, and, and social media, that's only more and more amplified as we see these yes. amazing lives that everyone else is, is having without any context of what's really going on behind the scenes, but recognizing that you've got to be on your, your own, you know, live your own story and, and tread your own path.
0: Yeah, and and find out what what brings joy to you. Because I think sometimes, like you just said, on social media, I think it happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. You can look, in the second you think you're doing good, and then you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 wait if I just put my head on, I say, do, does this bring me joy? Like this is what I should be doing. And in reminding people of that.
1: Yeah, there's always another car in front. My father always says "He'll <laughs> <love this. laughs> yes. how do you handle bad days when they, when they happen?
0: You know how I handle bad days. I remember that this is just today and tomorrow's a new day. That's literally, it's like, this is going to be over soon. I'm going to figure out a way. And, and also, you know what? why is this a bad day and what do I need to do to make it better? (laughs) Just finding the solution instead of focusing on the problem and dwelling and, you know, and trying to complain about it. What do I need to do? Can I change anything? Can I learn anything? And tomorrow is a fresh new day.
1: Yeah. That awareness and then being proactive about wanting to move forward and and put one foot in front of the other is so powerful. Uh, You're an amazing leader doing so many things to inspire people all over the world today. When you think of an amazing leader, someone who's been able to inspire you along the way, who would that, who, who comes to mind?
0: My Olympic coach, Mike Candrea, Mm -hmm. he is like a dad to me. He was just a strong figure. His belief in the athletes that he trained, his ability to um, not just give orders, but to show. Mm -hmm. I think that is just, you know, the the best um, example of a leader. Uh, He he cared for us. So even though we're out there training for gold medals and he's pushing us to excellence and expecting and demanding us to be at our best, Mm -hmm. his caring and his love for us was was something that was always felt. So I wanted to not only be my best for myself and my team and my country, but for him to make him proud, mm. and I think great leaders do that. They inspire us to want more, to believe for more, and and to look to them to say, "You're my example," and I'm gonna I'm gonna make you proud.
1: Mm. Inspiring through their example, so and their mm. belief. So many great lessons there. Uh, I want to switch gears now and chat about parenting. It's such a I feel like it's its own sport, its own its own <laughs> lane. Yes. As it is, you mentioned the homeschooling and things that you've been doing as well. Uh, as a parent, what's the biggest fear that you have for your children as they as they grow older?
0: You know, I always said it it wasn't a matter of like wanting my kids to go out and have to be so talented. It was about them giving their best no matter what they did. I Mm -hmm. said that that's what my desire is for them. Um, You know, that is my fear would just be that they would not feel the worth and value that they bring, because I really believe that everybody needs to know that we all carry worth and value and God has a plan for every one of us. And just that they would would compare themselves and want to give up and think that there wasn't you know wasn't hope, especially in today's day and age where we hear about so many people struggling with mental health. And so I just want them to ment- mentally know they're worth their value and then to be able to really live out their goals and their dreams.
1: It is just, you know, I, I really feel bad for kids who are growing up these days. It must be very difficult where One thing that you could put out there on the internet would be out there forever. Mm. Um, That resilience is such an important piece of the the puzzle. If I had to narrow, uh, you've spoken about so many amazing things today. I often talk about resourcefulness and resilience. If you have those two things, you can achieve basically whatever you want. Uh, Mm -hmm. Attitude and effort are essential parts of that. How do we build resilience in children so they know that there is this amazing life out there for them rather than something like a relationship breakdown or a bad exam grade or something mm. like that, potentially being, you know, there are people taking their lives over, over these things very sadly.
0: I, I think through explaining like what we've all gone through and been through and really allowing communication. I, mm. I think that's the biggest thing because um I think a lot of people have, have you know really lost the art of communication mm-hmm. and i think explaining no everybody's gone through this type of stuff and here's what i went through and and this is normal and this is natural and like you said it is hard because everything is out there and that is different mm-hmm. than when we were growing up um but that idea of again you know high school was hard for me like i think of just like the friends that i had in high school the male athletes that just would found me a, a target and just loved ma- picking on me and making fun of me and saying all kinds of really mean things about me and i can remember going home and just like crying about it like i can't what did i do i didn't do anything but then i think of kids now that can't get away with it at home or away from it i should say because it is on the internet and people are being attacked in their own homes as well in that sense um so i think being able to communicate allow people outlets to be able to share what they're struggling with I've done some speaking at some um, schools, mm. and 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 at the end, I ask, what struggles do you have? And the things that constantly come up are anxiety, anger, depression. And so, okay, let's talk about that. Mm. Let's talk about why, and let's get to the root of some of these things. And I think if we can talk through and communicate, mm. it, it can open a lot of doors.
1: The things you're talking about, are they're, uh, they're simple questions, but they're really deep in a judgment-free environment just to get some really great responses from these people to feel like they— have a voice. I mean, the power of story and having a conversation, Mm -hmm. being able to listen, it's just, it's critically, it's critically important. And I, I feel like today it's such a noisy, angry, emotional world we're in that people don't feel comfortable asking questions or leaning into that voice more and more, you know, that the power of stories you said there and and communication is really important.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think with that, the division that's happened. And so one of the things that I know, um, you know, when the riots were happening, I wanted my kids to be able to go talk to, mm-hmm. you know, an African American cop friend that, you know, was our friend, and um, let him, let him tell you some stories so that you see that that's not the bad guy, that's not the enemy. Although in certain areas it's being, you know, lifted up to to look like that, and we we all have a lot more in common than mm-hmm. we do, you know, that you know than our differences. And so I agree with you. The power of story it matters. Yeah,
1: there's a lot larger forces at play who make money and are incentivized to drive that division yes. rather than bring people together so like you and I do an in, in our own ways making sure that we um, you know bring people together it's really really important uh, the last few years have been crazy for the world what have you learned about yourself during the last two and a half years?
0: You know, I learned that I thrive by having a lot to do. <laughs> and when I have nothing to do, I can waste a lot of time. <laughs> I would have never known because my life was always busy. And then it kind of came to a you know, screeching halt and like everybody else. So for a couple of weeks, I was like, that's good. And then I realized, wow, you know, I was used to traveling a lot mm. and speaking a lot. And I did some online things, but it, it was a lot different. And the the good thing, again, what's the solution to this? (laughs) Luckily, it was like, okay, well, what do I want this to look like going forward then? If this is what's happened and it has changed, what do I wanna do? And that has allowed me to then, um, open up opportunities to really work on my brand and the gold standard.
1: Yeah. And just being with people in person again is so nice, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yes. two years is, is, I don't care what we're faced with, two years is way too long to not be able to see people.
0: <laughs> I, I think intro, introverts were a little bit like, this is okay, but extroverts, like, it's like, give me people. For I sure. need people.
1: <laughs> For sure. Uh, final question before we move into the win the day rocket round. On your best day, what's an affirmation that you would write on a flash card that you could show yourself on your worst day?
0: Oh, wow. Um, I, I would say that, this is a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> I would say just you you are capable. Mm. You are capable. Just Just show up. I think at times, like I get overwhelmed at, at moments and I'm having a hard day. Maybe I get into the comparison mode for a minute. And then I think I want to shut down. It's like, no, you're capable. Mm. You can do this.
1: Yeah, so much of what you've spoken about today, it's like, yes, you're human, but at the same time, that means you're enormously capable and can really you know, get things into gear when you need to.
0: Yes. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.
1: Let's move into the Win the Day Rocket round now. Ten questions for some quick answers. You up for this one, Leah? (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, what quote inspires you the most?
0: It's a verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.
1: Number two, morning coffee or evening wine?
0: Oh, I would say neither. Dr. Pepper all day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Pepper has this big cult following, doesn't it? It does, yes. (laughs) I actually saw one of the world's biggest nutrition coaches post something about how he loves a sneaky Dr. Pepper yesterday, so that was pretty funny. (laughs) Number three, what's one bit of advice you would give your 18-year-old self?
0: Uh, Don't sweat the small stuff.
1: Mm. Number four, what book do you gift the most? The Bible. Number five, was there a vulnerability you once hid within that became your superpower?
0: I would say public speaking.
1: Number, uh, where am I up to here on my list? (laughs) Number six, what's one thing you've learned about failure?
0: It's important to fail forward. Mm. You know, failing forward is about learning and growth.
1: Mm. Number seven, if you could sit on a park bench and have a conversation with someone alive or dead, who would it be?
0: I would say John Wooden. I actually got to Mm. meet him late in his life, but I would love to just pick his brain. He's one of the greatest leaders.
1: Mm. That the, having a, the role of a coach is so important in your life, isn't it? And you can have a coach in so many different areas. And you, you've mentioned yeah. coaches. We all have our own mentors and things as well. So for people out there who are watching this podcast or listening to the podcast, making sure that you have someone in your corner who has achieved the success you want or can help guide you to that is very, very important at all times. Uh, number eight, what tool or resource best helps you run your life or your business?
0: I'd say my iPhone. (laughs) It is is everything for me. (laughs) Yeah, good and bad. Good and bad. bad. It is everything.
1: Number nine, share one thing on your bucket list.
0: Oh, to go to Costa Rica and zip line and be around the monkeys. (laughs)
1: Nice. And number 10, final question, what's one thing you do to win the day?
0: Every day I wake up and I pray and I give the day to God and say, let it be whatever your will is. I'm going to give my very best. And then, you know, I read read the Bible and then I I hit the day.
1: Love it. Well, there are a bunch of ways to connect with Leah and we'll link to all of these in the show notes. You can follow her on Instagram at Leah20USA, on Twitter at Leah20USA, and visit her website, LeahAmico.com. Again, all of that and more will be linked in the show notes. Leah, thanks so much for coming on the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: I hope you enjoyed that interview. As you heard, our guests love to hear positive feedback no matter where they're at in their careers. So share a comment on the YouTube version of this episode with your favorite takeaway so our guests know they made a difference in your life today. If you own your own business and would like to learn how to grow it using your podcast, download a free copy of our Recurring Results Roadmap. You can find that linked in the show notes. And if you're new to the Win the Day Show, hit the subscribe button so you can get access to episodes like this one as soon as they are released. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Finally, the right bit of inspiration can completely change the trajectory of someone's life. So if there's a friend or loved one out there who needs to hear this episode or could use some help to win the day, share it with them right now. That's all for this episode. Remember to get out there and win the day. Until next time, onwards and upwards, always.